praise tonight. We give God glory tonight. Yeah. We celebrate the word of life. Hallelujah. We celebrate the word of life. We sing about the word of life. We talk about the word of life. Hallelujah. That is Christ Jesus. That is Christ Jesus. He's the one we celebrate. All of creation is about him. The Bible says that, and by him and through him and for him were all things made. Hallelujah. You were made for Christ. Hallelujah. He is. He is the, he is the center of it all. He's the center of it all. That's why we say, precious Jesus, oh, how sweet, hope of earth, the joy of heaven, precious Jesus, oh, how sweet, Hope of earth, the joy of heaven. Hallelujah. He, Jesus, is the joy of heaven. And he is the hope of earth. Why? Because earth needs salvation. And he is the arm of the Lord that bringeth salvation unto men. So anytime the word of God is coming, the word of God is Jesus Christ. Anytime it is coming in it, is your salvation. You need to pay heed to the word of God. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. The Bible says that he that had an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. What is the Spirit saying? The Spirit is speaking the word of God. And if you have an ear, if only you have an ear to hear, you will hear and be saved. Hallelujah. The Bible says that they believe on him in whom they have not heard. Hallelujah. You see, hearing is so important. Hearing is so important. And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach if they be not sent? Thank God that he sent us. And just as he sent the Son into the world, he sent us also. And giving us a spirit by which we may speak his word. That salvation may go forth unto all men everywhere, that they may be saved. Hallelujah. So when we gather like this, we speak the word of God. We celebrate the word of life. What man lost in the garden was the nature of God that he had. The Bible says that let us make man in our own image and in our own likeness. So man was made in the image of God and in the likeness of God, meaning that in the, to have the personality of God and to have the character of God. But when man fell, man kept the personality but lost the character. So you see a man fully dressed in suit and tie. You will not think that that man is immoral. But the moment he begins to act, he begins to talk, then you begin to know that this man in suit is such a pervert. He's so immoral. He's a thief. He's a corrupt man. Why? Because man lost the character of God. 
which is holiness, which is love, which is righteousness. Hallelujah. Man lost it. But thanks be unto God that Jesus Christ came to restore us. So the Bible says that we are recreated in Christ Jesus. It says the new man that has been made in true righteousness and holiness. Is that we should put on that. So what God is doing in us now is reforming his character in us by the word. Hallelujah. By the word. So the word is so important. The ministry of the word in your life is so important. You have the personality of God, yes. But the character of God needs to be formed in you. That Paul said concerning the brother, he says that, for whom we travel again until Christ is formed in you. How would I know Christ is formed in you? Through your character. When you begin to exhibit Christ-like character, that's when we will know Christ is truly formed in you. When your heart is full of his love, and compassion and you walk in holiness and in righteousness like he did and there is no guile and deceit in your mouth and your tongue speaks no perverse words or perverse things or forward things when you walk as he walked exhibiting the character of the Lord that is when we know that Christ is truly formed in you so the word is so important brethren and the devil will do anything to prevent you from hearing the word. So Martha was so encumbered about so many things. And Jesus said to him, Martha, Martha, you are so worried. You are so encumbered. You are so entangled. You are so occupied with too many things. There is only one thing that is needful. Let all faith generation hear this. There is one thing that is needful. And he said, your sister Mary has chosen that good portion. That one thing that is needful is the good portion in this life. And that, that was what Mary chose. That is to sit herself at the feet of Jesus and to learn from him and of him. Because as you learn from him, you learn of him so that you can take after him. Paul said that by you have not so learned Christ. When the believers, when, when people came to deceive the believers with false doctrine, that led them onto, you know, onto Characters that were not consistent with the faith. So Paul said that there are many, I tell you, even now weeping, who live as though they are enemies of the cross. You see, so Paul said to them that you have not so learned Christ. When you sat at the feet of Jesus and we taught you the word of God, this is not what we taught you. Hallelujah. We gave you the word that shapes the Christ-like character in you. We do not tell you to jump helter and skelter chasing after things that don't matter. Chasing after one miracle after another. Chasing after one prophetic word after another. We taught you to sing, make the word of God your delight. We taught you that the word of God is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. We taught you that the word is your salvation, delight in it. 
But he that delights in the word of God, he shall be like a tree planted by streams of living waters, whose leaves will never wither, and will bear fruit in his season. David said that how can a young man keep his way pure? David observed in his generation how that many young men were being taken down by so many, so many kinds of deceptions and so many kinds of wrong ways and young men were losing their way because the temptations were too much. The temptations were too much for the young men. So young men were falling left and right. So David observed, how can a young man keep his way pure in this immoral and impure age? How can you keep your way pure? He said, by guiding it according to the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. So the word is so important. The word is your purity. Zagadalamanda says, so faith generation, we exalt the word. We preach the word. We are instant in season and out of season. Hallelujah. You're not going to come here <laughs> stories and fables. How two rats are running in between your legs. And you need to go get some things to come and perform some sacrifice before you are delivered. No. Those are garbage stories men tell people. But we speak of the Christ. Hallelujah. He is the word of life. John says, of the word of life which we have handled. You know, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, they speak of the life of Christ. That is the Son of God when he came on this earth. All that he did. Matthew is not a disciple. Mark is not a disciple. Luke is not a disciple. Matthew wrote his gospel. Mark wrote his gospel first. Matthew went and, you know, took the, the gospel of Mark. And based on other accounts, he also wrote his account concerning Christ Jesus. Luke was not also a disciple. He was a convert from Paul. But he had a friend called Theophilus who was a fellow doctor. He wanted Theophilus to also believe that Jesus Christ is indeed the Son of God and that by believing in him, he may have life. So he also wrote a detailed account for Theophilus. He learned from the apostles and he wrote a detailed account. John, the only surviving apostle, read all these accounts he knew that there was something missing. So John decided to write and put in all the things that are missing from the accounts of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So that made we have a better and at least a complete picture of the life of the word of life. So John said, the word of life which we have handled, we sat with him and we talked with him. We were with him when he slept. We were with him when he went to the marketplaces. We ate with him. We did all things with him. He says, of the word of life which we have handled. So John says in the book of John chapter 20, verse 30 to 31, that Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, 
which are not recorded in this book. But these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. John is saying, I'm giving you evidence by which you may believe that Jesus Christ is indeed the Son of God, and by believing on him, you may have life in his name. Hallelujah. Brethren, that is the purpose of the scriptures, to give you life. To give you life, to bring you to salvation. Paul said consent to Timothy, he says, how that you've known the scriptures from your early childhood, which is able to make you wise unto salvation. The word of God is able to make us wise unto salvation. You know how it makes you wise? The word of God is able to teach you that, no, this is not the way to go. That is the way to go. When you are going astray to tell you, stop, this is the way. Walk ye in it. Don't go that way. There is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. There is a way. It seems right in the eyes of man. And there are many ways in our generation that look right in the eyes of men. Men are traveling on that road. Men are traveling on that path. Men are traveling on that way. It seems right. Why? Because it's a pleasurable way. And men are running on that way. But the word of God teaches us otherwise. He says the end of that way are the ways of death. Meaning no matter where you turn, you are walking into death when you get to the end of that way. But there is another way. That the word of God shows us. That the Lord Jesus Christ shows us. That leads to life. That leads to salvation. So the scriptures are able to make us wise unto salvation. So that we may choose to walk in the way that leads to life. Hallelujah. That narrow way that leads to life. The word of God is so important. Hallelujah. The Bible says that, and this is the record. That God has given us eternal life. Eternal life. Eternal life. Eternal life. And this life is in his son. Oh, he who has the son has this life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have this life. Hear me. Jesus Christ, the word of life. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, is truly the Son of God in truth. John said these things I wrote for you. That you may know that Jesus Christ is indeed the Messiah, the Son of God, the only begotten one of the Father. Who when he tabernacled in the flesh was full of grace and truth. Ah, Deboche. You God had a son? Yes. Yes. God had a son. How else could he be father if he did not have a son? He has a son. When did God have a son? When did God conceive? And when did God carry a baby in his womb and give birth to a son? Oh, I'll tell you, brethren. I'll tell you. God had a son. Don't His son. He did not have a son when Jesus was conceived by Angel Mary. No. The son was always there. The son is the big 
beginning of the purposes of God, before anything was ever made or created or brought into being, the Son was brought forth by the Father. So the Bible, that's why John says that, you see, because the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they were, they were not with Jesus. There were many things Jesus said to the disciples in secret that they, did not, they were not privy to. But John, because he handled the word of life, because he was with them, there were many things that he was privy So Jesus unveiled who he really was to them. So John 1, 1, the very beginning, he says, in the beginning was the word. Because at that time, it was not Jesus. He says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. That is God the Father. He was with him. And then he begins to describe him further. And the word was God. That was God the Son. Hallelujah. He says, by him all things were made. In the beginning, before anything was, the word was brought forth. When you read the book of Proverbs, talks about wisdom and our wisdom talks about when he was brought for even before there was any foundations before the foundations of the earth he was brought forth he says I was giving birth to hallelujah the son that is God's own son was brought forth that was the beginning. That's why he's called the Alpha and the Omega. Why? Because he is the beginning of all things. The beginning of the purpose of God. That was the Son. Before then, he was in the Father. And there was nothing. It was, it was just God. But he was in the loins of his Father. <laughs> he was in the loins of his Father. But when God Purposed, he brought him forth. And that began all things. And by his son, the God's son, he made all things. Hallelujah. When you read Proverbs chapter number 8. Reading from verse 17 downwards. Wisdom talking there. He says, I love those who love me. And those who seek me, find me. It's an honor. Enduring wealth and prosperity. My fruit is better than fine gold. What I yield surpasses choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness, along the paths of justice, bestowing a rich inheritance on those who love me, and making their treasures food. The Lord brought me forth as the first of his works, before his deeds of old. I was formed long ages ago, at the very beginning when the world came to being. When there was no watery death, I was given birth. When there were no springs overflowing with water. Before the mountains were settled in place, before the hills, I was given birth. Before he made the world or its fields or any of the dust of the earth, I was there when he set the heavens in place, when he marked down the horizon of the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above and fixed securely the fountains of the deep, when he gave the sea its boundaries so the waters would not overstep its command, and when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I decide. Who was at his side? The word. The word that was God, that is God the Son, was at the side of God the Father. I was filled with delight. 
day after day, rejoicing always in his presence, rejoicing in his own world and delighting in mankind. Oh, Shadekasai. Look at verse 35. It says, For those who find me find life. Who is that? That's Jesus. Who do you find in this life that you find life? It's Jesus. Because all of God's life is in his word. Hallelujah. And receive favor from the Lord. But those who fail to find me find harm. Harm themselves and all who hate me love death. Oh, hey, Jesus, they love death. This was truly the Son of God in truth. Jesus Christ, the very Son of God in truth. And God put for the Son. So the Bible says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten. But then there is, there is only one begotten of the Father. To beget means to bring forth. That is monogenes. That, that is only mono. And genes, which is to birth. The only begotten of the Father. God gave his only begotten. Hallelujah. That was God the Son. And when he was born by Virgin Mary, he was called Jesus. Why? He was bringing salvation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the Son is subordinate to the Father. So Jesus always says, I'm going to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. He said, my Father is greater than I. These are the words of Jesus. He said that the head of a woman is a man. The head of man is Christ. And the head of Christ is God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But you see, all things were made by the Son. By Him, God upholds all things. Because He, the Son, the description of the Son is that He is the express image of the person of the Father. The visible one of the invisible God. So in the Son, you see the Father. That's what Jesus could say to Philip. Have you seen me and yet you say, show us the Father? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Jesus was not saying that I am the Father. No. He said, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Why? Because I am the radiance of the Father. I am the radiance of His glory. Hallelujah. I am the manifestation of His person. And He said, the Father, I have made known your name unto them. Declared your onoma in the Greek to them. That is your person and your character to them. Of who you are, I've made it known to them. Why? Because the Son is a manifestation of who God is. That's Jesus. The Bible says that God sent His only begotten Son into the world. That we might live through Him. He says, in this was manifested the love of God toward us. That God sent his only son. If God was sending his only son, there had to be an only son before. And this is where our brothers, the Jehovah Witness, have erred. Because they think that Jesus, as the son, was created and therefore he is one of the angels. And they refer to him as angel Michael. What blasphemy. He is the only son. That is why the Bible says the only begotten 
of the father. Begotten not when Mary, not when Mary brought him forth. No. In the world, no. Begotten at the beginning. He's the beginning of God's purposes. The Alpha and the Omega. Before anything was, God brought him forth. So the Bible says, he's the firstborn over all creation. In Colossians. The firstborn over all creation. The firstborn over all creation. Meaning that he's the one watching over God. God has given creation to him to watch over. Why? Because creation itself was made by him. All things were made by him and for him and through him. Hallelujah. Through him God made it. By him God made it. And for him God made it. Hallelujah. God loves his son. So in time, when God was, was, was bringing to pass his purpose, he came to Abraham and wanted to see if man can do what he has already done in eternity past. Because the Lamb of God, which is the Son of God, was slain even from the foundation of the world. Hallelujah. So he came to Abraham and listen to what he said to Abraham. He says, Abraham, take your only son. He says, take Isaac, your son, your only son, and God emphasizes, he says, your only son whom you love, God was speaking about himself. God the Father was speaking about his own self. He says, I took my only son, the one whom I love, and I slew him from the foundations of the world for the sins of mankind. Abraham, can you do that? And when Abraham fulfilled it, God knew, no, he has to send the son into the world. And on that same mountain of Calvary, Gogota, where Abraham took Isaac, God, what he had already done in eternity, he did it in the world. Whatever happens now has already happened in eternity. I tell you, it's already taking place. Hallelujah. That is why he says when you pray, pray that his will will be done as it is in heaven. As it is in heaven. What has already in heaven, that is what you are doing. He said to Moses, when he showed Moses the temple, he said, make sure you make it according to what I showed you in heaven. Supposed to be a prototype. And I tell you dearly, beloved, there is a written word concerning you. <laughs> in heaven, oh. There is a written scroll concerning you. Written by the finger of God himself. And I pray in the name of Jesus that as we remain in the word, may you fulfill to the letter every word that has been written concerning your life in the name of Jesus. I did not get an amen on that one. I said, may you fulfill to the letter every written word concerning your life in the name of Jesus. Amen. Yes. That was the Son of God. That was the Son of God. When he was baptized, the, 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 the voice came from heaven. He said, this is my beloved son. In whom I am well pleased. When Jesus was about to go, he said, Father, I finished everything you gave me to do. He said, glorify me now with the glory I had with you before. He had the glory before he came. He said, Father, glorify me with the glory I had with you before. With you before. Jesus, the Son of God in truth, that you may believe the scriptures have been written to give evidence of who he is. And I tell you what, this same Jesus, this same Son of God, 
He was the same one who appeared unto Abraham as Melchizedek. Hallelujah. You say, hey, Pastor Sam, you mean the Son of God, Jesus, came onto this earth and lived, and he was the one who met Abraham? Oh, yes. How is Melchizedek? The Son of God. The Son of God. He lived here. He was the king of Salem. He was a king of Salem. And the angels at that time who were on this earth, they always made a presentation of themselves before him. The place where he was, we don't know. But he was a king of Salem. He was a high priest. And in the same way, when he came into the world again, what was he? He became a high priest of our confession. The angels always made an appearance before him. Yesterday I was talking with Mary and we were sharing this. Remember Job. Job says something. The Bible says in the book of Job that there came a time when the sons of God were presenting themselves before the Lord. And the devil also was present among them. Where did that happen? Was it in heaven? No. Because the devil could not go to heaven. The Bible says that and there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought and the devil and his angels fought back. But they could not prevail. And the devil was cast down. The Bible says, and there was no place found for him in heaven above. So he was cut down to the earth. If there's no place found for him up there, that means he cannot go there. The devil can't go to heaven above where God is. He can't go because he's been cast down. There's no place found for him. So if the sons of God are appearing before the Lord and the devil is among them, it was not heaven. Where was that? It was right here. We were making an appearance before Melchizedek, the king of Salem. And the devil was there too. Because here he can roam. Hallelujah. But Jesus Christ is the son of God in truth. In truth. And John, that beloved disciple, after he had lived so many years, you know, he was the very last of the apostles to die. You see, they tried to kill John. The other apostles, they killed him. James, they cut off his head. Peter, they crucified upside down. Bartholomew, they put him down and they took a saw and they just, you know, slashed him in two. You understand? They killed all of them. All the apostles, they killed all of them. There was no living apostle. In AD 100, John was still alive. They took John and put him in a cold drop of oil and boiled him for six hours. John did not die. What kind of man is this? John refused to die. Why? Because God's purpose for him had not come to an end yet. You can't take his life before his years that have been given him by God is done. And I tell you, dearly beloved, nobody can take your life until your time here on the earth is done. Hallelujah. Nobody can take your life. So what did they do to John? They took John and put him on the island of Patmos. If we can't kill you, then let's take you away so that you can preach the gospel. John, about that time, was maybe probably 110 years or 115, thereabout. 
because that was AD hundred. Around AD hundred. When he had when God showed him the vision, which is a revelation, on the island of Patmos. And listen to the final words of Jesus Christ in the book of Revelation. This Jesus whom we are talking about today, listen to his words to us today. Revelation chapter number one. The Bible says that the revelation from Jesus Christ, which God the Father gave him to show his servant what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who testifies to everything he saw. That is the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. And blessed are those who hear. You see, they hear it again. Blessed are those who hear and take to heart what is written in it. Because the time is near. Because the time is near. Brethren, in this month, not just for our fast, the whole of the month, we are studying the book of Revelation. Hallelujah. The Bible says that blessed is the one who reads aloud. When you are studying the book of Revelation, read it aloud. It's a blessing. Hallelujah. You are walking in your room and you are reading it aloud. What that scripture actually means is that telling it abroad so that people may know and hear what is on their mind and on the heart of the Father. Hallelujah. And those who and take it to heart. And there is one thing in this book, this is, that is the word of Jesus Christ, that I want us as his adopted sons. Do you know we are the adopted sons of God through Christ Jesus? And the Father loves us as much as he loved his son, his own son. Hallelujah. Oh, so beautiful. So beautiful. I want us to take it to heart. Turn with me to Revelation chapter number 22, the very last chapter of the book of Revelation. The very last chapter. That is where Eden, that is where Eden is restored in the new heaven and in the new earth. Do you know that in the pre-Adamic era, there was the Garden of Eden where the devil was. At that time, he was Lucifer. He was Lucifer at that time. And he walked in the garden of the Lord, that is the garden of Eden. Not the garden of Eden which Adam and Eve was, no. He walked in the garden of the Lord in the pre-Adamic era. He wasn't in the garden of the Lord. He walked among the fiery stones. His heart was full of pride. He said, I will ascend above us and sit. Only to sit on the throne of God. That was Lucifer, a created being wanted to sit on the throne of God. And God cast him down. Hallelujah. God cast him down. And when that world was destroyed, that garden was destroyed. When God recreated the world and put Adam in here, he put Adam also in his garden, the garden of Eden. The garden of Eden was remade again. And he put Adam there. And that was also destroyed or taken away after Adam sent. Man was banned from the Garden of Eden. In the new heaven and the new earth to come, the Garden of Eden will be restored. Hallelujah. Let me read a little portion concerning the Garden of Eden, the new heaven. And Bible says, then the angel showed me the river of, the, of water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river 
stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit. Remember, the tree of life was in the Garden of Eden. But Adam and Eve eat of the tree of life. That was Christ right there. Hallelujah. Bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Amen. No longer would there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their forehead. There will be no more night. There will be no need of the light of the lamp or the light of the sun. For the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen to the words of Jesus Christ. Verse 11. And this is what I want us to take to heart as I bring my message to a close. Let the one who does wrong continue to do wrong. Let the vile person continue to be vile. Let the one who does right continue to do right. Let the holy person continue to be holy. Look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me. And I will give to each person according to what they have done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Hallelujah. It is a let he that is evil continue to do evil. If we preach the gospel to you and you will not listen, and you want to continue to do evil, continue in your evil. He said, let he that is vile, let him continue to be vile. If you will not listen to the gospel and receive the salvation of the Lord, there is no salvation in any other. There is no salvation outside of the word of God. Nothing can save except God's word. Hallelujah. So when God's word is preached to you and you will not listen, the Bible is saying that the Son of God is saying, continue in your evil ways. Continue in your vile ways. He says that let he that is righteous continue to be right. You that are a believer, you that have been made righteous in Christ, you that have been set on the righteous path, he says, though it may seem as though you are foolish, though everybody they may mock you and ridicule you, hear me, continue in your righteousness. For there is a great recompense for it. Hallelujah. He says, you that are holy, Continue in your holiness. Sometimes people will refer to tell you, you are just too holy. You make yourself, you are always holier than thou. You understand? They come up with names for you because you choose not to partake in their sinful activities. You choose not to indulge yourself in their ways. You choose not to go down in the way they are going down. You choose the way of life. You choose to live holy. You choose to walk righteous. And they make mockery of you. Sometimes you lose so many things in your life because of your holy life. You lose many things in your life because of your righteous life. The Bible says, and all them that will walk in holiness shall be persecuted. I'm just paraphrasing. All them that will live right shall be persecuted. In these last days. Because this world has been designed for evil. And evil will continue in ways 
that beat the imagination of men. But you that are righteous, you that have been made righteous in Christ, he says, hear me, continue in your righteousness. Don't let anybody shift you from your righteousness into an evil way. Don't let anyone convince you to put down your holiness, take up an evil life. No! Continue in your righteousness. Continue in your holiness. Why? For I am coming soon. Hallelujah. There is a reward for our righteous life. There is a reward for our holy life. It is not in vain. The Bible says that be steadfast, be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For you know that your labor in the Lord shall not be in vain. Brethren, our labor is not in vain. Our labor is not in vain. Our service unto the Lord, our decision to set our life apart unto the Lord, it's not in vain. For soon He is coming. Soon the one that is coming will come. He that is the Alpha and the Omega will come. He that is the first and the last will come. The Son of God who died and is alive now will come. Amen. And He says, I have my reward in my hand. Hallelujah. To give to every man according as his works deserve. According to what they have done. Brethren, don't let anybody cause you to lose your place. There is a prepared for you. There is a crown awaiting you. Don't let anybody cause you to lose your crown. If somebody wants to lead you astray, think about it this way. He's causing you to lose your place. He's causing you to lose your crown. Many are walking off the ark of life. And they think that they can come back. They are walking off the ark of life. They are abandoning the faith. Because they've lost so many things ever since they came into the faith. And they are abandoning the faith. Brethren, don't let anybody cause you to lose it. Someone has finished school. He's seeking for a job. He's never found. He's not found a job. For 10 years, he's not found a job. He's been to all manner of churches. He's not found a job. So because of that, he says, this God I'm serving is dead. What is the use of this holy life? One CEO is pursuing her. Let me sleep with you so that I'll give you a job. Come and be my mistress so that I'll give you a job. He says, oh, you know what? After all, what is the, what is the benefit of serving God? What is the benefit? I've been looking for, for 10 years. What should I do? Forget this Christianity. Maybe this is, this is the way God will bless me. <laughs> Brethren, don't sell your bet right for a morsel of bread. Mm. Because I tell you what, after Esau had done that, the Bible says that he sought for it with tears, but he did not find it. Hmm. There are certain things when you sell to the world, brethren, you can never get it back. Hallelujah. Amen. He that is coming will come. He's coming with his reward in his hand. 
and how glorious and how joyous that they will be. That is why as believers, we have to constantly stir each other up, spare each other up, encourage each other to stay in the faith. When your brother has not found a job, you should not just be saying to him, God bless you. God will make a way. As you are saying that, if you have, you will not be moved to the point where you make a decision to leave the faith. The Bible says that if you see your brother in need and you don't help him, how dwelleth the love of God in you? Hallelujah. Don't leave the church because of offense. Don't leave because of offense. Don't leave because of offense. Just because somebody did one thing, you are so offended. Somebody says, oh, I will not follow Christ again because a pastor divorced his wife. Is your salvation based on a pastor? Oh, just because a pastor divorced his wife, you stopped worshipping God. And you are saying all these things are lies. Brethren, he is coming soon. His reward is in his hand. Hold on to your righteous life. Hold on to your holy life. Hold on to it. Hallelujah. There is a great recompense. In the name of Jesus. There is a great recompense. Brethren, there is a great recompense. There is a great recompense. There is a great recompense. There is. There is. There is. Hallelujah. Amen. We give God praise and we give God glory tonight. As you have heard the word of God, I believe so strongly that the word is doing something in your heart and in your life. The word has spoken to you in its own special way. You want to lift up your voice in prayer and thank God for the opportunity to hear such words. I'm telling you, not everybody is hearing such words. People are feeding on junk. People are hearing words that are leading them to hell in the church. But blessed are you because you hear such words. You want to lift up your voice and thank God. Thank God for the privilege of his word. In the name of Jesus, lift up your voice this hour. Thank God for the privilege of his word. Lift up your voice in the name of Jesus.